The Start. On Demand. On Demand. Today is Blue Monday, reportedly the most depressing day of the year. And yeah, that's just a marketing gimmick, but depression is very much a real thing for a lot of us right now. So we'll speak to a workplace mental health expert who has some great tips on things you can do if you are feeling down in the dumps. And we'll speak to Carolyn Clausen from Connexus Counseling to get some reaction to Premier Brian Pallister's comment that he made about mental health on Friday, a comment that has a lot of people upset. Did you fill out the province's Engage MB survey on the potential loosening of restrictions? If so, what did you think? Crocs are popular again. What is the deal with that? We have our weekly visit with Bob Irving. We talked to Kathy Kennedy on lottery lunacy and the go-to things that make us laugh. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Monday, January 18th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us on this Monday, this Blue Monday. We'll explain what that means in a moment, but some say the cure for a Blue Monday is exercise. And Loren, I noticed on the social medias over the weekend that uh, you got some exercise by visiting the Forks. Oh, yeah, and it was awesome. I mean, again, another incredible weekend. almost too good to be true when you're out there and all layered up as you normally would to go skate on the at the forks and on the river trail and then everybody in the family was just like oh I was sweating because it was just so warm but yeah I uh you know it was kind of a romantic weekend in the sense of falling in love with your city again because it was a beautiful sight out there and I found that once you got away from the main part of the forks like everybody was spaced out pretty well and I I didn't have too many concerns and kids loved it i that was the whole, the whole, I think we had four and a half kilometers and it was amazing. Did you do the, the river trail or just the skating, the upper skating trail? No, we did the upper trail just because I had, I'd actually never skated up top before where they turned the pass, like uh, the sidewalks uh, and put some ice on them. And so I had never done that. And we, where we parked, we just did a little zip around the Scotiabank uh, stage and there's a little ice hockey area there and then we went down to the river and then we we went uh, on the Assiniboine you can't really go on the red which I didn't realize it's just the Assiniboine right now but I think we did about two kilometers one way and then two kilometers back and, and that was good for us Mackling, did you get outside? That was a bump on the log this weekend. I'm so embarrassed to admit that because it was beautiful. I just, I hit the wall this weekend with, in terms of my physical activity. I've been doing really well with my walks and everything. But uh, this weekend, for whatever reason, I just did not feel like leaving the house. So I really didn't. I did a little bit of grocery shopping and uh, that's really about it. The What's rest this, of the weekend uh... was uh, was cooking and and uh, doing grade nine homework. What's this Jackbox thing you've yeah, telling us about? Yeah, we played this Saturday night with some friends of ours. Loren, I don't know if you've come across it or not, but our friends set it up. And so via Zoom with them sharing their screen with us, we could play these different games. You download the app on your personal device and then you can uh, like, it's sort of like Balderdash was one of the games uh, that we played. It's called Fibbage. And so it gives you an opportunity to uh, create some creative answers to some questions or definitions of different words. And you try and psych out your opponents and and create things that aren't true but sound plausible. 
And yeah, we played that for about two hours. Uh, I love the the mesh of technology. Uh, it always sucks when you, you can't get together face-to-face, but this seemed to bridge the gap very nicely. So uh, Jackbox games, if you're looking for something to do with friends remotely, uh, either uh, during the week or on the weekend. It was really cool. Did you cool. say Fibbage? Fibbage. Do you ever just wonder where, you know, you know, sometimes you watch cartoons and you think, who the heck thought of this? And every time a new board game I hear of it, I wonder who's just uh, smoking a little and going down to a room <laughs> and coming up with the game. Because we, for me, for Christmas, Brett, have I told you guys this? Also got this game called Throw, Throw Burrito. <laughs> no. And it's just these two. <laughs> it's the best. The kids love it. And it's a card game, and you have to kind of match all these cards up. But it, it, once you get three of a kind, you have these different challenges where you either yell out burrito, burrito bowl or burrito duel or burrito war. And then there's two, like, soft toy burritos in this table, and you just whip them at each other. Yeah, I, I see. Throw, throw burrito, a dodgeball <laughs> card game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what took them so long? <laughs> like, and you watch the video for, before it starts, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is complicated. Like, who came up with this? And it's kind of an odd ball thing. And the next thing you know, you're just yelling out, duel! And then you're just whipping this burrito around the room. And, yeah. Coming it's, up with a uh, game is hard. I remember yes. in, in grade seven, we had to create a board game based on this book that we read. And I, oh, I can't remember the name of the book. It was about climbing a mountain. Um, it'll that'll come to me, but that's irrelevant. But we had to come up with this board game based on this book, and it is hard. And I, like I was sort of proud that I was able to come up with one, but really, like its playability was awful. Some of the way that my classmates came up with much better games. So yeah, you're right. Uh, the idea of, of going down to the basement with uh, perhaps some... some <laughs> Libage? Yes. Whatever. Li- is that the word? Fibbage? Libage? Libage? What is the word? Libations? Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to have a little libage and see where this takes us today, guys. Um, also, yeah, so uh, we're going to talk a lot today about Blue Monday purportedly the most depressing day of the year. At 7.35, we're going to speak to a workplace mental health expert on that. And at 7.05, we're going to borrow Carolyn Claussen from Connexus Counseling. She speaks with Hal Anderson every Thursday at 2.30 on Hal Anderson Afternoons. We're going to talk to her about a comment that Brian Pallister made uh, during Friday's Newser when asked about balancing you know, our healthcare system with other health effects like surgeries that are getting postponed and mental health. And uh, Greg, a lot of people not too happy with the comment that the premier made. Well, you know what? And I'm right at the top of that list with people not happy about it. I've been down this road with friends and family, the whole snap out of it thing. What have you got to be depressed about? Uh, I've been very open about my mental uh, wellness and my battles with it. And yeah, this really struck me and and rubbed me the wrong way. I, I don't understand. I thought the Premier had done a fairly good job in terms of making sure Manitobans had the resources, at least attempting to make sure that Manitobans had remor- resources with a partnership with Morneau Chappelle and realizing that that was going to be a big part of getting through what we're dealing with uh, during this pandemic and his comments on, on Friday just had me asking, like, do you really understand mental health and mental wellness? Yeah, he, they, they will, and we'll play the clip for you a bit later on, but uh, the, the, the initial comment was, he said, it's pretty hard to feel depressed when you're feeling thankful. And I would mm. say it's pretty hard to feel anything 
when you are depressed. Well uh, said, So, Brett. yeah, I can speak uh, personally on that as well. So, well, I'll ask Carolyn about that. And I I'm also, also want to ask Carolyn, like, how should we be annoyed or should we also cut him some slack too, oh, right? Uh, that's a fair question, of course. So, and then also, of course... Loren, you said the words ice hockey. There is an ice hockey match tonight, Greg. Winnipeg Jets. I, you know, I think on Saturday the news came across uh, the email and the Twitterverse and and the social medias, as you say, Brett, yep. that the Jets practice had been canceled on Saturday out of from the Jets themselves because there's been some criticism of the use of abundance of caution terminology and and why did the media buy into that so quickly? Well, that's what the Jets were calling it. Uh, no practice Saturday. They were back on the ice yesterday. They got on a plane yesterday afternoon and we'll be in Toronto for a game. Six o'clock face-off tonight here on 680 CJOB. Four o'clock for the pre-game show. Oh. And do they play Leafs a couple times this week? They play Toronto tonight, and then they play Ottawa tomorrow night. They play Ottawa, I believe, again on Thursday okay. in Ottawa, and then they play Ottawa here Saturday. So three straight games against the Senators. Oh, I'm curious, you know, with all these Canadian games, Brett, which is obviously the division that we have to work within now, like what people would say our biggest rival is going to end up being within Canada. Yeah, because, yeah, there was a discussion, uh, I think, on the shift on Friday about that. They were talking about, uh, I can't remember what show it was, but they were saying the Jets are used to playing teams like Nashville. So now it's going to be cool to, it, I think, there, was it the Smythe division, Greg, where they used to have rivalries pre- predominantly based in Canada? Yeah, Edmonton. Calgary and Vancouver, along with uh, the L.A. Kings when they were in the old Smythe division. Yeah, so it'll be cool to see which what, which rivalry blows up. Maybe they'll be just full-blown rivalry with everybody. Everyone hates the Jets. <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. In our next segment, we're going to sort of follow up on a conversation we had on Friday about just how randomly emotional... We are all feeling these days, these weeks, these past several months. Uh, And since it is Blue Monday, the purportedly most depressing day of the year, we want to know what is the go-to thing that makes you laugh? When you need a laugh, what do you look up? Is there a video? Is it a TV show? Maybe a movie? Maybe a book? I don't know. You can text us at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win a $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza. But we want to start this half hour with how many Manitobans are hoping this will be the last week we spend in level red restrictions. Yeah, that public health order, which as a reminder has already been extended twice over the past few months. It expires Friday night and it's not clear yet right now what if any changes will be made but the province is asking all of us to weigh in and I think thousands have spent several minutes this weekend filling out that online survey that they put out a few days ago uh, trying to gauge how Manitobans are feeling about a slow reopening so I don't know if you guys had a chance to drop online but I filled out the survey Saturday it takes a couple minutes depending on how long you're thinking about some of the questions and answers. And it asks questions like, are you afraid of contracting COVID? And it asks you to rate that fear. And we had a discussion, Greg, about, I don't know, fear is the right word to put there. So there's some people criticizing some of the language used. It also asked about certain activities, like going to restaurants and the movies, and and asks you to prioritize things like kids' sports 
and gatherings in order of importance. So maybe how would you rank gathering with people that you know, gathering with family members, gathering outside? Where would you rank those kinds of things? And I don't know how much stock they're putting in these answers, but they did ask us to fill out these surveys back in the summer when they reopened the first time. Uh, and we'll see, I guess, in the days ahead, what sort of responses they get and, and then how they respond to it. But here's what Brian Pallister had to say. What we don't want to do is have a yo-yo effect where we allow openings and then because of rising case numbers have to then invoke more restrictions. That would not be in anyone's best interest. Yeah, obviously nobody wants that. That would be a false start that nobody's looking for right now. But obviously concerns about how far we go with this. And filling out that survey was challenging for some, as you mentioned, Loren. The government website overloaded many times Friday and into Saturday. So there have been technical challenges and then... There were concerns over the questions, and I pointed out, and and you you showed me these questions here. Are you personally afraid of contracting COVID-19? Yes, very afraid, somewhat afraid, not very... Why are they using the word afraid? Because even if I have a concern, there's no way I'm ticking affirmative to anything that says afraid. I'm not afraid of it. I'm concerned about it. And I think there's a distinction for a lot of people. I don't know if they're trying to elicit certain answers from from people when they use language like that or just an oversight. Uh, obviously, that's one of the things we like to do here is to ask questions about about the motivations behind certain things. Uh, another one of the questions, as we consider safely restoring services and activities, how important are the following economic and personal services to you? And so that's the whole thing here, I think, Brett, is that balance that we're trying to find, the government's trying to find, health officials are trying to find. We know that being home for an extended period of time is not good for us mentally, but it's obviously devastating many, many businesses in the province trying to figure out how to balance that out and how comfortable we are. But I think it's ironic that they're asking us for input for the opening, potential opening. They don't typically ask us for the input when they bring in closing measures. Yeah, for the, well, the one that stuck out for me, and it's, it stuck out for me because uh, I didn't hadn't looked at the survey yet, but I saw in the King's Head social media, they were not too happy with the fact that pubs were lumped in with bars and nightclubs in terms of, you know, given the current state of things, how comfortable would you feel with going to these places? One was going to work, another was going to restaurants, going to the movie theater, and then they've got bars and nightclubs and pubs sort of clumped in with that. And, and uh, so when I filled out the survey, I filled that out, uh, I I left a comment saying pubs should not be, in, I think they should be with included in restaurants. I know some pubs have those entertainment licenses, but mm-hmm. Kingshead, places like La Roca, the Toad, these are all facilities we've spoken to. They can open and serve food and drink, just, you know, restrict their entertainment options, right? No live music or whatever. Uh, so I, I don't think that's fair. And again, could be an oversight, as you pointed out, Greg. Yeah, and I don't mind them coming to us asking those questions in the sense that you, I think we mentioned that in the summer they did this, right? And when people expressed questions and concerns about travel restrictions, that may have influenced different changes that we saw along the way. So it, it helps point out certain inequities, maybe, like that question, Brett. It helps gauge how people are feeling. But, ah, you know, no, if they know if they have a good sense of what the big issues are in terms of how this is being transmitted then reopen in the spots where transmission is believed to be low. That, you know, Use the science and the health data behind it, not my how I feel about whether or not I want to have a hamburger or get my hair done or have my feet toenails painted, right? Like, they're, like use your, you're the experts, and I, I, I just 
I would be curious how much stock is put in this in the next 48 hours as they make decisions on what, if anything, will be reopened. You point out the survey that was done in the summer, Loren, and a lot of people brought to the attention the idea of, hey, we don't want the travel restrictions reduced from Eastern Canada. You have to wonder if that laid into and and was a part of the government's decision. You'd like to hope that it was. I hope that's the part they take into greater consideration. And you can let us know if you filled out the survey, 204-780-6868. would love your feedback on what you thought of the survey. And by the way, the question of the day at cjob.com that went up Friday, modeling shows level red restrictions have saved lives in Manitoba. Do you think it's time to loosen restrictions soon? And 57% say yes, 43% say no. You can cast your vote, cjob.com. Question of the day brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca. Call 204-987-6890. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, it is Blue Monday. They say it's the most depressing day of the year. I think it's probably safe to say that nor- that rule doesn't necessarily apply because it just kind of feels like every other day uh, this year. Um, and on Friday, we had that conversation about how randomly emotional we are. So... We want to fight back with laughter. What are the go-to things that make you laugh? So we've got Cam Poitras here, Jeff Braun is here, Jeff Fortier, and uh, JB, why don't we start with you? Oh, it never fails. It works every single time, and it's simply Seinfeld. (laughs) Well, well, well. I'm not treating you to lunch anymore! (laughs) You had to tell Julie that I made a special point of telling you that I bought you the big salad, didn't you? Uh, uh, You know, if it was a regular salad, I wouldn't have said anything. (laughs) But you had to have that big salad! (laughs) That's from the big salad episode, obviously, and uh, that's one of my all-time favorite Seinfeld episodes. And just putting on an episode of Seinfeld makes me forget about everything else, and I just I'm immediately in their world along for the ride, and I laugh myself hoarse every single time. Angry George Costanza, like as that show went all, along, <laughs> he got angrier as the show went along, and every time he lo- like loses it like that, that brings me instant joy as well. So good call, Jeff. Thank you. Cam Poitras, what about you, sir? Well, I would. Uh, I I was going to go with Seinfeld actually because that's kind of my go-to show as well. Um, and then I said, oh, I, I figured that Braun would also go Seinfeld, so I had to choose a movie. Now, of co- I would have chose Kung Pao Enter the Fist. If anyone's <laughs> ever seen that, the greatest comedy ever made, but it doesn't translate well on the radio, so I had to go with this one. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp, Lord. You can't triple stamp a double stamp, Lord. Lord, you guys, enough. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> it's still funny. Yep. Double stampy, no erases, man. You can't That's triple stamp a double stamp, Lloyd. You can't touch, touch blue, make it true. Kung Pao Enter the Fist from 2002, you say, is the best comedy the ever made? greatest comedy ever made. Wow, that's good. We're on the same page, Cameron, because I almost picked Dumb and Dumber for my Oh, show. you did? We're on the same wavelength. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking of it. Forte. Me, it's also just about dumb, dumb comedies that you can just turn your mind off for an hour and a half and just have a good laugh. So, uh... It's called Sex Panther. <laughs> it's illegal in nine countries. Yep. 
It's made with bits of real panther. So you know it's good. It's quite pungent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a formidable scent. <laughs> Stings the nostrils. In a good way. Yeah. Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. That smells like pure gasoline. We've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. <laughs> Classic. Oh, so that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Anchorman. What is it? The Legend of Ron Burgundy? Is that the full title? I, I believe so. so yes. Yeah, well, that's it. Okay. G Mac. What about you? Uh, imagine this. It's a show about a narcissistic uh, individual, self-serving, who ends up in the White House. The president is experiencing severe chest pains. You need to get to the West Wing immediately. I'm so sorry. Look at Gary go. He's like a human teleprompter for small talk. You know, he calls us Gary Oki. Wife, not his daughter. Wife, not daughter. Look at this. It looks like I'm tweeting when a guy loses his leg. Why don't you just take the good one of me, Photoshop it in? I can't airbrush history, ma'am. I'm not Joseph Stalin. <laughs> You're 30 yards ahead when you should be three miles ahead. Do you know why? The answer is Mike McClintock. I gotta go make noises out of my face hole or whatever it is I do. And then we have Dan. You're talking to a guy who once broke off an engagement at an Applebee's and then ordered dessert? Amy would be... Does she know you're here? No, of course not. You should fire her for that. Now what am I supposed to do? I can maximize your chances of becoming the most powerful person on Earth. I don't know how they found 54 seconds without a vulgar swear word in it. That is from Veep, of course, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. So on the same sort of Seinfeld vein there, Jeff Braun, yeah, it's either that sure. or Curb Your Enthusiasm. If I'm in a bad mood, I just need a laugh. One of those two do it for me every single time, and I've started watching Veep from the very beginning. I'm into season five right now, and... I just love it. I need to do that. I keep meaning to do that because just, I mean, aside from the fact that it's a great show, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but uh, the things they do with obscenity, they uh, turn bad curse words into an art form in that show. No question. And uh, really quick, I mentioned to Jackie, Jackie doesn't like it because it's too vulgar, so I... I don't have to worry, put anybody watching it with me. But the fact that Jerry Seinfeld and Julia Louis-Dreyfus get along at all based on the language alone absolutely blows my mind because Jerry is such, his language is so clean on and off stage. The fact that these two got along so well for all those years on Seinfeld is always in the back of my mind watching Veep. Loren McNabb. Oh, all of the above that you've all mentioned this morning are such great go-tos. Of course, I just I just need 10 minutes sometimes, right? Like that 10 minutes to space out. I don't even need to watch the whole show. So I will go to, lately I'll be going to Modern Family just so I can hear a little wisdom from this guy. You never want your kids to see you scared. You want to be that rock that they can grab a hold of in a stormy sea. <laughs> Actually, a rock would sink, so a floating rock. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start over. <laughs> and he's always saying things that don't make sense, right? Or he sticks his foot in his mouth. And he even had that episode where he had Phil's, that's Phil Dumphy from Modern Family, and he had Phil's Osophy, like he sent his daughter to college with this whole book of his wisdom, you know, pieces of advice, like when life gives you lemonade, make lemons. People will be like, what? <laughs> so just, stupid like it's so stupid well just watching you sent, the, sent me the link for that and just watching 60 seconds of it uh, reminded me how much I love that show and Phil Dunphy and that character he's so good this is mine and I will preface it by saying it's probably 
too juvenile for this radio station. But we like to be honest, and this is my go-to when I need a laugh. It's the first thing that jumped to mind. It uh, involves someone named Robert Tilton. He is a televangelist who is also known as Pastor Gas, a.k.a. the Farting Preacher. He's uh, from Texas, very colorful with his expressions and language, and someone decided to add fart sound effects. There are dozens of these videos on YouTube. People have been adding these effects to his videos since the 80s. As I pointed out, it's immature, likely blasphemous for some, but I'm immature, so here we go. That broke the powers of darkness off of her home and begin to release the the (laughs) blessings of God into her life. Jacob's eyes were opened to the abundance that God had. Oh my, 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 my. It's so childish. A light of thy path, a lamp unto thy feet, this day saith the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That was powerful, wasn't it? Uh, See, I already feel better. Blue Monday, who needs it when Pastor Gas is around? So we need you to text us 204-780-6868. The go-to thing that makes you laugh for your chance to win a Santa Lucia $20 gift card. We'll give that away at some point after 9 o'clock. And now it is just after 6.55, which means what, Jeff Fortier? Daily Jets update, Greg Mackling. CJOB's Kelly Moore says, well, Patrick Liney's status is questionable for tonight's game in Toronto. After being unable to finish practice yesterday, the Patrick versus Austin storyline will take on a whole new meaning and a whole new twist this season. Ever since they were drafted 1-2 in 2016, Patrick Liney and Austin Matthews, along with their coaches and teammates, have tried to downplay the significance, or singularity perhaps, of their head-to-head matchups. And then in their rookie seasons, both proceeded to put on a show. Lyonet, in the very first matchup in the opening weeks of the schedule at Bell MTS Place, scored a hat-trick, including the game-winner, as the Jets rallied from an early deficit to win 5-4 in overtime. The Winnipeg Snipers scored twice more in the rematch at Toronto in the back half of that 16-17 season, but Matthews was not going to play second fiddle this time. He had three assists, including the helper on Jake Gardner's winning goal, as the Leafs reversed the tables in a 5-4 OT win of their own. Since then, the guy who went number one overall and his team have had the better of the number two pick and the Jets in the six games played. Toronto is 4-1-1 versus Winnipeg during that stretch, and Matthews has contributed three goals and eight assists to the cause compared to Lyonnais' goal and an assist. But this season, there's no more of this two and we're through. Tonight marks the first of ten meetings between the Leafs and Jets. The thinking here is we're about to witness a real rivalry between two of the brightest stars in this all-Canadian division. Premier Brian Pallister joined Dr. Brent Rusin for the COVID-19 update at 12.30 on Friday afternoon. Yeah, and as expected, there was plenty of discussion and is going to continue to be plenty of discussion on this expiration of code red restrictions that's coming Friday and questions about what we should expect in terms of that reopening strategy. What we don't want to do is have a yo-yo effect where we allow openings and then because of rising case numbers have to then invoke more restrictions. That would not be in anyone's best interest. 
So there will be a lot of talk in the days ahead about reopening and, and what it might look like if there's a go-ahead on that in any form. But it was the answer to one question for the Premier that overshadowed the proceedings for many. And it came from a question from Teller Brock of CHVN. And how is the province balancing the need to prevent the spread of COVID-19 with other health effects that come from the lockdown, such as mental health effects or surgeries being postponed? So that question's been asked a lot, guys, over the past eight, nine, ten months. That was the question, a good one. Here was the answer from the Premier. It's pretty hard to feel depressed when you're feeling thankful. And I would understand that people have made sacrifices very, very much. But I also understand that those sacrifices are paying off in terms of saving lives. And so if you can give yourself credit for being part of that, you'll feel pretty grateful. And I know a lot of other people will too. And if you can feel grateful, then you can do this. We can get through this. To help us unwrap, this is our good friend Carolyn Clausen of Connexus Counseling. First of all, good morning, Carolyn. It's been so long. Great to speak with you. Oh, hey, Greg. It's so good to speak with you guys. Miss you a lot. Well, uh, you do such an incredible job with Hal in the afternoons, and uh, we are so grateful for you, and thanks for taking some time this morning. As you know, we've been acquainted now for going on five years, pretty open with my personal battles with my own mental health. And if I can be brutally honest, the Premier's language feels a lot like some of the feedback or advice, I'll put in quotation marks, I would get from friends and family when I was dealing with some pretty severe issues. Uh, outwardly, I seemed to be doing fine. I would get the old, what do you have to be depressed about line? What do you think about what the Premier said on Friday? Well, here's the thing about depressed people is depressed people are depressed. They're not stupid. And when you give some trite advice that it, it is a it is a mental health strategy to be grateful for sure, but when you give something to people in that context, it feels trite and simplistic and it feels insulting. And I would suspect, Greg, that as somebody who has struggled with depression, people, when they give that sort of advice, what they're often trying to do is say, I don't want you to feel in pain or uncomfortable. It bothers me, and so let me give you a quick fix so that now I can feel better too because I will feel better if you feel better. And I think it's well-intentioned, but it certainly doesn't land well. It feels thoughtless and unkind. And that's sort of what I wanted to ask about. Like, any time the Premier says something, uh, you know, every time he speaks, somebody's going to get mad at him for what he says. And uh, he's fielding a lot of questions. A lot of people are frustrated. And sometimes, like, I, I, I sort of like his honest approach. But, you know, should we be so critical of when the Premier says things sort of off the cuff like that? Well, I think... What we have to recognize is that none of us are on our best game right now and that when any of us feel stressed and feel pressured or feel like we have a lot on our plate, things often don't come out very well. Anybody, you ask any child and they will tell you that their parents are feeling stressed and sometimes we say things in a way that might have some truth to it but actually doesn't come out well. Our delivery is poor, our timing is poor, we need to do better. And I think we have to figure out how we can extend grace to people when something doesn't come out right and give them room to circle back and say, that didn't come out right, it didn't represent me well, I'm sorry. 
the challenge is, is that we expect all our politicians to do a really good job all the time. And so I wonder sometimes if people who are in the public eye don't feel like they have that same ability as the rest of us to come around and to say, I misspoke, that wasn't right. And so while we want our politicians to be able to be open and vulnerable and acknowledge mistakes, I think one of the ways we can do that is to have the public say, yep, you blew it. Um, we're, we accept your apology. Um, we know you can do better. What do you really think? And then let's move on. You used the word uh, when you talked about his comments, you know, it trite and it makes people feel what that what they're feeling holds less value. And so what should we be saying? What's the kind of language we should use in this moment, Carolyn? Because we've been talking about mental health and the need to put more attention on it for years, if not decades. But this past year, man, has a lot of people feeling things that I don't think they ever thought they'd feel before. And so what kind of language should we be using when someone says, hey, I'm not I'm not doing well right now or I'm feeling depressed or anxious or other? Well, I think you point that out really well, Lauren, is, is that people, there are a lot of, we always have depressed people among us. People are struggling with mental health issues, but I know, and I'm talking to people who say, I don't know who I am. This is the first time in my life that I feel like this. I think this is depression. That's not, this is not something I'm familiar with. And a lot of people are struggling. And I think one of the things that we can best do with depressed people is to have them know that we care for them and we love them and that we understand that it's hard for them. Um, in, even in a way that we don't understand, that we are looking to understand. And as people can feel validated and heard and, under, and they can have this feeling like even though we might not be able to see it easily or we might not be able to be in their shoes, we are there for them and we hear them and we want to know more and we're curious and we care, that as people can feel like there's nothing wrong with them in terms of a lot of times people that are feeling depressed if I should just shape up, that doesn't work. As people can feel heard and valued and their suffering can be acknowledged, that is the way to go. Carolyn Klassen of Connexus Counseling joining us live on this Blue Monday, an important day for you to join us. Thank you so much, Carolyn. We appreciate this. Take care, guys. It is great to speak to Carolyn in the morning, borrowing her. She's on loan from Hal Anderson Afternoons every Thursday, just after the 2.30 news on 680 CJOB. And uh, I just want to share this uh, quickly. This made me laugh. Um, Sailor Ron talking about how I said I was immature, or I was saying I was immature. Uh, Sailor Ron says, I'm at the age where my mind still thinks I'm 29. My sense of humor suggests I'm 12, while my body mostly keeps asking if I'm sure I'm not dead yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one way to fight back at the body, right? (laughs) So thank you for that, Sailor Ron. And we're getting a lot of great texts at 204-780-6868 on the go-to things that make you laugh, including from Loren, who is sending us a series of gifts from the show Takeshi's Castle, which was a Japanese game show that was later sort of... uh, reformatted or revoiced for American TV. Spike TV got their hands on it and called it Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. It's basically a precursor show to Wipeout where people do ridiculous games and hurt themselves a lot. And uh, it's fun to watch. (laughs) I think Homer Simpson once said, it's funny because it's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's like the things that just, the things someone texted in about dad jokes making them laugh and I just spotted on Twitter uh, US President-elect Joe Biden's wife tweeted out a photo of Joe Biden with his dog and titled it, Ready for Indauguration. 
which I laughed at way too hard. <laughs> so keep them coming. 204-780-6868. Your chance to win a Santa Lucia pizza $20 gift card. Coming up on our next segment, why are Crocs popular once again? <laughs> We're going to talk to a podiatrist about your feet health as it pertains to working oh, at home. I thought we were going to have Brian Barkley on. Oh, Crocs <laughs> and socks. <laughs> Black socks up to the knees. We might have to dig out Brian Barkley's phone number uh, later on in the day for that one. <laughs> but as we pointed out, the third Monday in January has long been billed the most depressing day of the year. Temperatures dropping, holidays are over, credit card statements outlining just what we spent during the holidays are now coming in. Oh, thanks, Brett. Uh, while most experts agree that Blue Monday is not much more than a marketing gimmick, we've we've dispelled the whole idea that this is anything uh, more than that or anything less than that. I think most of us can also agree that January can be a tough month in any year, throw in a pandemic and restrictions that are keeping us at home, and you likely have more people than ever before struggling on this day, Loren. And struggling in all sorts of ways, right? We just had the Consumer Debt Index, which is done by Ipsos for MNP, Meyer Norris Penny. It was just put out this morning, and it found 42% of people in Manitoba and Saskatchewan don't know if they'll be able to cover their living expenses this year without going further in debt. So you have financial questions, you have anxiety, overall anxiety, you have depression, as we talked about earlier in this hour. And so we want to visit with Marianne Baton, who's the Director of Workplace Strategies for Mental Health, uh, Compliments of Canada Life. And she's on the phone with us now this morning. Good morning. Marianne. Good morning. Sounds like you guys are having quite the time there today. Well, we're trying to we're trying to find some highs when there's been so many lows, but the the lows are what people keep talking about, Marianne. And so we've talked about this for months now, but employers being really aware of where their mental health is amongst their employees. But what should they be looking for now as this just drags on? Well, here's the the thing. We've just looked at some early results from research from Mental Health Research Canada. And we realize that one factor that matters, whether you have a diagnosis like depression or anxiety or you don't, the one factor that seems to be the biggest difference between those who are managing, who are getting through, and those who are really distressed is resilience. Now, resilience is a bunch of things, but it is the ability to bounce back from adversity and move forward in life without getting stuck or feeling resentment or regret. And so that's really where we want to focus on this Blue Monday. And I'm glad you clarified that it was a marketing ploy for a travel agency. But it's still, this, this particular time, because of this life-altering event we're all going through called a pandemic, we do need to think about purposefully finding a way to build ourselves up. You know, one of our colleagues mentioned the other day the challenge this time of year is the fact that they've lost time, time to travel, time to see friends. And if you're at a certain age or you're worried about uh, worsening health conditions, that loss of time can be additionally depressing. Right. And so we talk about what can you do with this time? How do we be... um, purposeful about making the best use. And so there's a bunch of things that I want to share. One is we can create, we can build, whether that is, you know, baking or it's building a structure or it's doing something around the house. 
see what you can do to create. You can learn something new, whether you're going to learn how to build your resilience. And I just want to say we've got a free resource called Plan for Resilience that you can do that. Or you want to learn a new language or you want to learn HTML or you want to learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons. It doesn't matter. But you can learn something new. You can connect. And my work team found a really interesting way for us to do it. What we miss is sort of the hallway water cooler chats. We don't miss the meetings because they keep on coming. (laughs) But we found a way of using the video chat, turning the camera off, even muting ourselves all day. But we just go on and say, hey, I, I heard this joke, or hey, what are you doing? Or hey, how can I do this? And we found a way to stay connected without feeling like we're in a fishbowl all day. So learn ways to connect. We've bought elderly family members uh, devices that are really easy for them to use so they can see us and we can see them. We can refresh You know, how many times have people said, oh, yeah, well, I would love to um, meditate or I would love to listen to music. I just don't have time. Time we have right now. And so to do what you can to refresh your spirit and repairing or organizing. So you got that thing that's broken or messy in your home. The, The satisfaction you'll get from fixing it can be substantial. And then the last one's play. Play outside, play inside. Just find a way to put more play into your life. So don't sit waiting for the pandemic to be over. Start creating the life that you want right now within the constraints we have. Mary Ann, I think those are all tremendous pieces of advice and opportunities for us to, I don't want, dare I say, take advantage of of the pandemic, but it is to a great extent doing just that, taking advantage of some of the extra time that we may have. And that's not all of us. All these conversations uh, do not apply to everyone, of course. And just, I just want to backtrack to something you said with regard to resilience, though. You're not suggesting that this is a, a situation where, you know, this is all in your hands type of thing, because there are people clearly that cannot, that, that need additional help when they're feeling down, when they are depressed and, and when they have, when they have a, a, an overall situation where, where they are dealing either with clinical depression or, or other situations. It's not, it's all about you answer for everyone, right? I just want to qualify oh, that. Absolutely. And thank you so much for bringing that forward. The thing is, is that whether you are someone with um, clinical depression or not, resilience is good. But what's beautiful about right now is so many organizations have stepped up. And if you Google Mental Health Canada Free, you're going to find so many things that there's online or phone or video chat support that isn't even, there's not even a need to pay for it. So some people have benefits and you can tap into that, but, but nobody needs to do this alone. Nobody needs to be without the help and the support that they need. And part of resilience is knowing how mm-hmm. and when to reach out for help. Yeah, putting up your hand and knowing when it's time to reach out that this has gotten bigger than you, I think, is a big part of resilience. Thanks, Marianne. I appreciate you qualifying that. Yes. No, I appreciate you bringing it forward. 
And I just want to say all of the resources that are on workplace strategies for mental health are free in English and French for anyone. And I, and yes, you do need to reach out for professional help if you're not able to get through the day, if it is becoming overwhelming, but there is also so much available for you to start right now. And I want to encourage people to do that. Marianne Vainton is the Director of Workplace Strategies for Mental Health through Canada Life, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Marianne, thank you so much, as always. Oh, thank you. Pleasure. You know, I never owned a pair of Crocs. I think I had like a like a knockoff pair. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs, even, were they called? I don't know. They were just cheap ones that I got at Payless or something. But, uh, hey, even the for the knockoffs, it's a practical shoe, Loren. They are comfortable. I'll give them that. But they are so ugly. So, so ugly. But whether you like them or not, Crocs are making a comeback. Year-over-year sales jumped 55% thanks to what the company is calling that consumer casualization. So I put that in quotes, right? We might be wearing more sweats or sweaters, not dressing up as much. Translation, basically more people are at home, spending more time at home, so you don't have that need to put on dress shoes, boots, or heels for either work or play because there's not a lot of normal play happening either, Greg, and that's leading to some different issues for folks. Mm -hmm. Comfort is the name of the game, but... All this time going shoeless could be causing problems for our feet. Dr. Landon Kolzicki is a podiatrist at the Family Foot Clinic right here in Winnipeg and joins us now. Good morning, Dr. Kolzicki. How are you this morning? Good morning, guys. Doing well. Thank you. How are our feet collectively doing during this pandemic? A lot less time wearing shoes, as Loren pointed out in our introduction here. Is it having a negative impact on how our feet are, are reacting? Uh, some people are getting some negative uh, reactions and some people are actually getting some better reactions from it from just not kind of being up on their feet. Um, but the negative reactions, uh, yeah, some people are definitely having those with stubbing uh, their feet and getting things like heel pain and uh, heavy calves buildup. Should we be wearing shoes at home? Um, I usually been telling my patients throughout the pandemic that uh, in between that they should be putting on their shoes if they're going to be up and down a whole bunch. Um, if they're kind of just sitting, they're probably just safe to just have something to slide on. And other than that, if they're up and down a whole bunch, then it's good to go with a good supportive shoe just to kind of keep their feet nice and aligned with their back and knees. Is that because we're conditioned for that, Dr. Kulzicki, that our feet have just grown so accustomed to having that support that when you take it away, I had mentioned to you on the phone yesterday, and I wasn't trying to use you as a side consultant doctor, by the way, but I had mentioned my heels were bugging me, and I was wondering if that was because I wasn't in shoes, and I'm wondering what the main issue that you're hearing when it comes to the bad side before we get to maybe some of the pluses that the shoe lists might be giving us. Um, yeah, some of the bad sides, uh, as, like you were explaining yesterday about uh, sore heels, a very common condition that people will get is a condition called plantar fasciitis. Um, and a lot of the times that is called caused by just uh, a lot of extra pressure and not a lot of support in our feet. So when we like to throw on the things like sandals or flip-flops or even slippers, sure, it gives our feet a little bit of comfort. Um, but other than that, it doesn't really do anything for the support on our feet. Um, therefore, places like our heels and all that have to start uh, 
kind of compensating to make it better. So we need to try to help our feet out and get them into a little bit of extra support. All right, so here's the question du jour. Crocs, are they good or bad? (laughs) Uh, In the Crocs, in the podiatry world, I'm going to say no Crocs ever. But I know they are very popular and very comfortable for a lot of people. The downside with Crocs, though, is the materials they're made out of, they break down pretty quick. So if you are going to wear some Crocs, I would say get a couple pairs and update them frequently about every three to six months. (laughs) It, rather than, and I've done that where I, I used to, you know, I, I'd buy a pair of shoes every year. I used to buy Skechers every year. They're comfy shoes, but they fell apart very quickly. So I'd spend a hundred bucks every year. And after five years, I thought, why am I doing this? So I went out and spent $200 on a pair of Blundstones that have since lasted me five years. So if uh, the Crocs are no good, is there, like, what should we be getting if we're, if we don't mind spending a little bit of extra cash up front? Uh, usually what I tell people, again, is it depends on their feet. Hey, if your feet are good, no worries. You'll, you'll know your body the best. Um, if they do start to get a little sore and all that, majority of that is just the proper support on the, uh, on the shoe. So if you want, when you're doing your activities like cooking, cleaning, doing anything up and down the house, just try to be in a good pair of running shoes throughout the house. Other than that, slippers, sandals, that's completely fine. If you're getting up, going to the snack, going to the washroom, that's about it. And before we let you go, if we are experiencing any pain, I mean, it, you know, a lot of us, I think, same with our backs. We treat our feet kind of like our backs. As this, we just expect to have some minor aches and pains. When should one go see a podiatrist? When does it get to the point where I actually need to call a doctor? Um, usually like everything else, if something becomes persistent after uh, a couple weeks, any pains, whether it be in the feet, toes, bottom of the foot, even if it starts coming up to the knees and even lower back, a lot of times that stems from your feet. So if something persists for about a week or two, I would say at that point, either contact your physician or a podiatrist. All right, Landon Kulzicki is a podiatrist. Dr. Landon Kulzicki, a podiatrist at the Family Foot Clinic here in Winnipeg, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Doctor, thank you for the time. I appreciate it. You guys have a good one. What color, Greg, if you had to wear Crocs, what color would you wear? Uh, I guess it would be blue. It'd be a navy blue, but I've, you know, kind of a, the. The navy blue ones, I, I don't know if I've seen, but kind of a lighter, like a dark. A ro- that's the one. <laughs> royal blue. Okay. Just blue that's not as dark as navy. Loren? You know what you should do? Ah, I don't. I honestly have never owned a pair. And I, feel, I know they're comfortable. I get it. and I, So I'm not knocking them. I, but if you go to, to uh, just Google Crocs right now, another thing that's boosted their sales, not just that we're homeboard guys, but I guess like TikTok and couple different people have done like uh, Post Malone, Justin Bieber, KFC. They had special edition yes. Crocs that might be helping to their sales. And man, if I thought they were ugly before, they got uglier it. <laughs> Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And I want to say thanks to a couple of our listeners who indeed have the eyes of the tiger on our 680 CJOB Instagram, uh, it appears that I'm having a blue Monday when it comes to the typo front because normally I like proofread and proofread and proofread and make sure I don't have any spelling mistakes. Well, not once, but twice on two of my things I've put on Instagram so far this morning, I've had to delete because I had spelling mistakes. And so thanks to Mark Two Wheels for pointing out that I typed stunning 
instead of stubbing their toes. I've since made that correction. And maybe maybe the toes are more stunning. Yeah, you could <laughs> or argue. Or they're stunned. Yeah, you could, argue. Stunned. you could argue the stunning works. <laughs> well, you can't argue the, the fact that I spelled mebby instead of many. I put M-A-B-Y instead of M-A-N-Y. That's not even a word. It's not a word. It's not a word. So, so. much for that predictive <laughs> texting thing happening on our phones. Yeah, so I just want to say thanks to uh, P2Air and Mark Two Wheels for being friendly and pointing out that I put a typo on there. So we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at 680CJOB. I think I've all but just given up for this morning. Um, <laughs> and maybe I'll try it again tomorrow. Coming up <laughs> after Global News at 9 o'clock, Greg, I understand KK is going to join us, Kathy Kennedy, on something she describes as lunacy. Yes, uh, last week we heard that there was going to be a change in terms of us as Manitobans being able to get our hands on lottery tickets. Well, sometimes that's easier said than done. Kathy Kennedy will tell us about her adventures, not in babysitting, but in trying to get a lottery ticket. Okay, looking forward to hearing that. And then at 9.35, we are going to talk to the Keystone Agriculture producers, Loren. Yeah, it looks like it's been a banner year for uh, some farmers in terms of the prices they might be getting for, say, canola, for example. I believe it's at a seven-year high. And I saw some tweets from farmers over the weekend. You know, they're trying to figure out what to lock in at as their selling price for their crop uh, for the coming year. And uh, a lot of them couldn't believe how high it's gone. And so we're trying to figure out what's going on, what's driving this, uh, what's the reason behind this spike, and, and what does it mean for some of these folks? And then, of course, down the road, what's that mean to the consumer who wins and maybe who loses in this so we'll have that chat after nine but it is monday just after 8 30 and that means our weekly visit with the one the only bob irving Mm -hmm. so as we head into the first full week of the modified nhl season we are just three weeks from super bowl 55 that's if our roman numeral interpretations are correct last night another chapter in the legend of tom brady was written as Tom Terrific took one more step towards his 10th Super Bowl appearance. Without further ado, we say good morning to Bob Irving. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, you guys. How was your walk this morning before we uh, carry on? Were you able to get out? Yeah, yeah, I was pretty bundled up. I uh, I had uh, a heavy parka on and a couple of layers, top and bottom, but it wasn't bad. The north wind's a little biting. I find your, you know, it's hard to keep your face warm. That's the most challenging thing. My feet and hands are okay, but uh, yeah, it was good. I was out there for 45 minutes. I'll go. You know, it doesn't matter how cold it gets. I'll go for the walk every morning. You can put on enough clothes to stay warm if you, if you work at it. Oh, it's a great weather report. Thank you, Bob. Ten unanswered fourth quarter points for the Bucks versus Drew Brees and the Saints uh, last night as uh, they look to play the the Bucks, that is, to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium February 7th. This can't be all that surprising that Tom Brady ended up on the winning side of this game last night. Well, no, it's considered a bit of an upset because the game was in New Orleans and the Saints had a better record and they were considered the favorites. The thing that impressed me about Tampa Bay last night was how well their defense played. I've always questioned whether or not they have a championship defense, but they sure looked like it last night. They had three interceptions against Drew Brees. Uh, Brady was solid at 200 yards passing and two touchdown passes, no turnovers. They got their running game going. Tampa Bay last night looked like a team that could, in fact, win a Super Bowl. Now, Drew Brees, most people are saying, is going to retire, and a lot of people will say, well, it's too bad he has to go out that way. Look, when he retires, 
and people look back on his career, they won't look at the fact that he lost his last game that he played in the playoffs. They'll talk about the fact that he threw for 70-some thousand yards and almost 600 touchdowns and won a Super Bowl and was a Pro Bowl, uh, named to the Pro Bowl a million times. They'll talk about his career as a whole, and it's been sensational. So I think we kind of get wrapped up sometimes and say, oh, you wouldn't want to go out like that. No, when we look back on his contribution to football, Drew Brees will be seen as one of the all-time greats. Nobody will focus on the last game he played. You talk about Tampa looking like Super Bowl champs. Last year's defending champs clawed out a win against Cleveland, and they did it without their starting quarterback. So let's talk about this 35-year-old veteran, Chad Henney. What he did during the game, lots of accolades for him, Bob. Yeah, he hasn't played uh, for about five years. He's been on a roster, and I think he got into two or three games and ran a couple of plays, so he hadn't played for about five years. But he is a 13-year vet. He made one uh, colossal error. He threw an interception, but he made some key plays, two down the stretch as Kansas City won. The big question now surrounding them is whether or not Patrick Mahomes, their quarterback, uh, is going to be able to play in the AFC Championship game. He suffered a concussion. He tweeted after the game that, don't worry, folks, I'm all right. But, you know, the player doesn't get to decide whether or not he can play Mm -hmm. after he's had a concussion. Everybody, all athletes play with injuries of some kind, and then it's up to them. But with head injuries and concussions, it's not up to them. It's up to the medical people to whether or not they'll allow him to play. So he'll be watched very closely this week. That'll be one of the great storylines this week as to whether or not Patrick Mahomes will get clearance to play. Hey, Bob, just at the end of that game yesterday, Tony Romo was stunned with the play that was called that Kansas City played where they dropped back and passed the ball with, I think it was just over a minute left. And and Romo was really like, I can't believe they did that. That's so brazen. Uh, What was it that was so surprising about that play? I didn't quite catch on. Well, the conservative thing would have been to run a play, uh, you know, keep the clock going, and then you'd, you know, you'd kick the ball away, and and the other team, Cleveland, would get it for, or not Cleveland, they, you know, there'd be one more play uh, coming up for the other team, or a few more plays. There was about a minute left in the game, so throwing the ball in that situation was against all convention all wisdom because if it's incomplete the clock stops and all the rest of it but that's Andy Reid the coach of Kansas City he's you know he's got uh, a great imagination he's not afraid to try things he's a bit of an offensive uh, wizard and yeah that play caught the traditionalist by surprise but it worked and when plays like that the risky plays like that work then as a coach you're a genius if you if they don't people look at you and say why would you do something so stupid but Andy Reid usually gets it right. He's the coach of Kansas City. Uh, variations of uh, gumption <laughs> used yeah. on social media. We'll let your imagination take it from there. Hey, the Jets had uh, practice canceled Saturday, but they were back on the ice yesterday, scheduled to play the Leafs in Toronto tonight. Uh, Six o'clock is uh, game time here on CJOB, by the way. Patrick Line couldn't finish practice yesterday, Bob, but I want to get your impressions of how he played on Thursday night because I know one game uh, far from makes a season, uh, not, never mind in football, certainly not in hockey, but what did you like about what you saw in uh, number 29's game in the season debut? Well, I liked everything, Greg. Uh, it was like this is the complete Patrick Liney that we've been waiting for. You know, he's been very good since the Jets drafted him. He's been outstanding scoring goals last year. Everybody thought he'd had his best season overall as a player. But you still felt there was more that he could do and give. So in one game, the game last week against Calgary, he did it all. He had 
three points, two goals, and an assist. He was physical. He was a force the entire game, and he's a great big guy at 6'5", 210. You know, I think he gave us a glimpse of what uh, what he could become as the days and weeks and years go by. He's still only 22 years old. We expect so much of these guys at young ages, but he's still developing and maturing. But what we saw in that game, and it's a small sample size, Greg, as you say, and we shouldn't get too carried away, but we saw a player who has special talent and who looks very driven, and why wouldn't he be? You know, he's going to be up for a new contract in a year or two. Uh, yeah, it was a, I think it was great for the Jets to see that and their fans to see that. And if Lion A stays healthy and can play most of, or if not all of the 56 games, I think he will have a sensational season. He's come of age. Based on that one game, I'm drawing the conclusion that he's come of age as a complete power forward, and he is going to be something uh, to be dealt with. Which is why so many people, I think, Bob, you know, look forward to the games against the Leafs because since he was drafted, there's been that one-two comparison with Austin Matthews. And so, you know, seeing him on the ice uh, to take off against him when he has come of age, as you put it, will add to that excitement. Do you have a Canadian matchup that you're most excited or or that you think will make the best rivalry down the stretch? Or do you think everyone's going to kind of have a bit of of a storyline that will help us love or hate these other teams? Yeah, I think everybody will have a different storyline. I think uh, here in Winnipeg, and this would go back to the original six, and there are still people who think in those terms. It's always Toronto and Montreal when the Jets play those two teams. And I know the Western rivalries with Calgary and Edmonton have, you know, have been built up in recent years. But uh, when the Jets play Toronto, you know, people here either love or hate the Leafs. You're either a Leafs fan from way back, or your dad was, or your grandpa was, or whoever. And the same with the Canadians. And so when when you play those teams, there's just a little extra edge. And I. I guess I'm from the era where, you know, the original six was all that mattered, and Toronto and Montreal were on television every Saturday night. And there's still a bit of that, I think, that exists when the Jets play those two franchises. Bob Irving joining us for the weekly visit Monday after 8.30. Bob, thank you as always, sir. Okay, you guys. Oh, before we let you go, Bob, you still there? Yeah. Sorry, I meant to ask you this on Friday uh, when we talked to you during our Couch Potato segment. Uh, Did you watch uh, the Tiger Woods documentary on Crave? No, I haven't seen it yet. It's on my to-do list for sure. I've been doing a lot of reading lately. I'm reading a couple of sports books. I read Sir Savard's book, I think I told you that. And I'm reading Brian Burke's book, which is very entertaining. If you're a hockey fan, uh, those two books are are must-reads. I'm also spending a lot of time going through my baseball and hockey card collection from the 50s and 60s. I've got some very valuable cards that I've stumbled upon, and I've got thousands of them, and I've spent about a week and a half sorting them out, and i got about another three weeks left before I get them all kind of organized, and then uh, I guess I'll have to try to sell some of them and then head off to the Bahamas or something <laughs> when, uh, when we're allowed to do that. Uh, I love it, Bob. In our house, we actually, my husband's parents hung on to his hockey cards, and so now the kids are going through it, and they've spent all sorts of times going on eBay looking for that one card that just might be the ticket. And yeah. I don't think we found one that's worth more than $2.98. <laughs> and they're cards Ma- that are 30 years old. But, hey, if you've got one, good luck. I got a Mickey Mantle card that's supposed Ooh. to be worth about $1,000. So, oh, sweet. Yeah. Well done. Make sure yeah. you set up a separate bank account before you start selling those, eh, yeah. Pop? Well, yeah, I will. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb on this Blue Monday. This is the version of the song by Orgy. Thank you very much, Jeff Forte. Love this version. Now, for the last several weeks, it has been a challenge, to say the least, to get your mitts on a lottery ticket. Online has been the only place to go, for the most part. Yeah, some modifications were made, Brett, in the last week or so, and it made it much easier to play our favorite lottery games. Or did it? Kathy Kennedy joins us now to uh, let us know about her adventures, not in babysitting, but in trying to get her hands on a lottery ticket. How are you, KK? I'm good. I'm laughing because, uh, you know, no, this was a lottery odyssey I went on. (laughs) So... Kathy, he's like, explain got, to us, how is it, how's it supposed to work? Like, what was the change? You know, because I noticed signs up that I hadn't seen okay. before about curbside pickup. So what, tell us just, like, what's the backstory, first of all? You couldn't get them at all? Okay, then, so the backstory maybe? is, uh, up until this week, you were not able to purchase a lottery ticket in person. You had to purchase it through Play Now. Um, and, but as of Wednesday, I think at midnight, um, you are now allowed to purchase that lottery ticket at a retailer via curbside pickup. So, okay, great. Uh, and I, I, I want to make this disclaimer. I did not leave my house with the sole mission of finding a lottery ticket. Uh, Saturdays, I take my dad to do his shopping and to do uh, get his meds and, and things like that. And one of the things, speaking of my dad, one of the, th- the things that he has missed <laughs> the most is getting his $5 Western 649 ticket. And yes, you can get it online, but my dad's 87, not going to happen, right? So I have lost count of how many times he said, Kit, can I get a ticket? <laughs> like, no, dad. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> no tickets yet. <laughs> right? No ticket for you. So uh, when they, you know, changed the way you can get these tickets, um, I-, I was thrilled because, first of all, I knew my dad probably wouldn't have heard the news. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to leave extra early on Saturday morning. I'm going to get him his $5 Western 649 and surprise him and make him or make his day. Because, look, it's now at a point of the little things that can bring joy and happiness, right? And for him, this would, you know, signal some sort of normalcy or or trying to get back to some sort of normalcy. So here we go. Here's the story. So the first place I pull into is a gas station and not some rinky dink gas station. This is a national chain. And I walk in and I say to the gentleman, "Um, okay, so I want to buy a lottery ticket. How do I go about doing that? Because, you know, everybody's got different curbside uh, rules and regs. And he stands there and looks at me with this stupefied look for, I swear, about 10 seconds (laughs) and says, there's no lottery tickets. <laughs> and I said, oh, but there are. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you heard? <laughs> and he says, no, it's, it's illegal to sell them. No, we, we, look, my machine's not even on. We can't sell you a lottery ticket. And I said, well, I think you're wrong. Uh, I think the province, you know, changed the rules this week and you can turn the machines on now. And he said, no, I think you're wrong. <laughs> All right. Stalemate. <laughs> okay. All right. So clearly I'm not getting a ticket here. <laughs> so then <laughs> you think? so then I pu- pull into the next gas station. Again, another big chain. And let me, again, put a disclaimer. I don't blame any of these attendants because, as we all know, the goalposts when it comes to this pandemic have moved so many times. Who can keep up with what's right and what's wrong and what's for sale and what's not? 
So I walk into the, this is, this is a beauty. I, I walk into the second <laughs> gas station and I say to the, to the very nice girl behind the till, okay, so I want to buy a lottery ticket. How do I go about doing that here? She says, okay, no problem. Um, you have to call a number, uh, make your lottery uh, order to me, and then I will set that aside for you. You come back and get it. And I said, okay, great. What's the number? Can you give it to me? And I'll go to my car and, and call you. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. You have to go home. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I stood there, Greg, for, for 20 seconds. And I'm looking at this girl and I'm like, am I being punked? Like, really? And I said, what do you mean I have to go home? And she said, no, no, you have to order from home. <laughs> oh, taking it literally. Oh, boy. And I said, but how do you, because there was a condo buildings like right next to this gas station. And I said, how do you know I don't live next door? Well, I don't know, but you have to go home. <laughs> Good Lord. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, sort of. Right. Kind of. So, so I'm like, okay, now I'm a rabid dog. Right. Because now I am on a mission to get this lottery ticket. And, and so I, I'm thinking, OK, I'm not going to get the ticket here now. So then I go to a third gas station, another national chain. And I walk in and I say, so I need to buy one lottery ticket. What do I need to do? And the very nice girl says, oh, yeah, no problem. You call this number right here. Go outside. Call it. Give me the order. Come back in and pay. The reasonable answer. <clears throat> Three tries. Well, okay. Right? Mm. So I do that and I get my dad his ticket. Um, but can someone explain to me, <laughs> seriously, because I'm standing outside this gas station on my phone and I'm looking at her, <laughs> pull up this ticket, right? Yeah, yeah. And I walk in and I, like, how does this make sense? It can doesn't. someone explain no. this? It's, it's ridiculous. And that makes me wonder, so that makes sense to me because I was saying to the guys, I went to the Forks with the family to skate on the weekend and we were noticing all these signs outside 7-Elevens and gas stations and stuff saying, lotto tickets, call here for curbside pickup. And so I was like, oh, that's new. I don't think you could do that before. But the point is that they, if they advertise like that, then you're not going in more than once at the very least. Where in your case, you're going in and out. And what difference well, yeah. does it make then from just going in and filling up the ticket and as you would have... Two months ago. Exactly. And Loren, all of these places limit the number of people that can come inside at any one time. There are huge signs on, on the doors of these gas stations that say, you know, limit five people inside at one time. So it's, it, I just don't understand the rationale. So I left that gas station and I went to a convenience store because, you know, now I'm thinking there's a story here. <laughs> so I go to the, the, to the convenience store and, and it's the same thing. I'm standing outside on my phone looking at the guy print off the ticket and I walk in to pay and you know, there Bob's your uncle. That's My dad not, won a free play. Oh, well, I, excellent. But that's not really curbside pickup. If you're going no, in to, to pick stay it outside. Up. That's is it in any case. Uh, I, I just had to share that with you guys because it, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. And, and obviously there was a communication problem, you know, in trying to get these orders and amendments to orders out to retailers, uh, because, you know, we had one that had the machines off one where I had to go home. <laughs> 
I still can't have believe. To go home. Oh boy. <laughs> well, KK, thank you for sharing this with us because I was curious when as soon as I mm-hmm. heard that they were going to do curbside, uh, I thought this is not going to work. Like, yeah, what is, is the attendant supposed to leave from behind the counter and put their jacket on right? and run out and give you the ticket? And just the the notion that like that. So you're walking in to ask. How do yeah. I do this? No uh, and then you're going outside to make the phone call. Like going you're home. you're spending more. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got to go home. <laughs> you probably spent more time in each of those three stores asking yes. how to do it than it would take to just walk in and say Western six forty nine, please print the ticket. Here you pay, and out you're out the door. Exactly. I'm sorry there I went through it, but thank you for sharing it. Because you painted, it, it, it's by the fact guys. it was frustrating. It was very amusing. Hey, <laughs> listener Heather has given you four different laughing face emojis for this story, oh Kathy. Wow, so, man, Heather, come on. <laughs> uh, KK, thank you so much for joining us. Great to hear your voice on this. Good to hear you guys. Monday morning. And speaking of laughing emojis, we have our winning text at 204-780-6868 on the go-to things that make you laugh. A $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza shall be awarded. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.